What's up, bookworms? I'm your host, Stevie. Some of you may know me from my book Instagram, Book Obsessed Reviews. Welcome to the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. With me is my co-host, good friend, and published author, Monty J. Say hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Monty. I like to go by MJ. It seems to flow just a little bit better, and it's not as formal. And you know what I just realized is that Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast is a bit of a tongue twister. It is. <laughs> it is really a it's a bit of It's a bit of a mouthful. So if I stutter, nobody judge me. Or me. Also, I have a head cold. Uh, allergies have been destroying my life lately. So that's why I sound like death. So hopefully you guys will be able to understand me. We're a complete mess over here because I just am getting over laryngitis. <laughs> the sickness is real. Don't just, worry. We have tons of fun stories, especially about how the microphones take off. <laughs> yes. Uh, apologies that this is a late episode. It didn't get to you guys when we planned. Uh, Amazon thinks that I need metal straws to save to the turtles. To save the turtles. Um, yeah. So I ordered my microphone and they sent me metal straws. So then I had to resend those back, and now I have my mic, and here we are, our first episode podcast. Um, we're super excited about it, something really new, something really fun. Um, we're going to be talking about, you know, certain tropes, like the motorcycle club, the sports romance, all kinds of, like, controversy and non-controversy in the indie book world. We're going to be giving babies. Secret Babies, which seems to be Stevie's, like, trope of the month. Um, it's my trope uh, of my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to be talking about those. We're going to be giving you insights on authors um, and, like, new releases and those kinds of things. But mostly we're just going to be giving you an insight into the indie book world um, from the perspective of both an author and a bookstagrammer, a blogger, however you want to self-label yourself, Stevie. Whatever the description <laughs> technically is, I've been corrected before that I am not actually a bookstagrammer, so. One of those things. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to giving you, like, two different perspectives on how the indie book world works, and we're super excited to be, you know, here and talking to you guys. Um, I'm going to let Stevie introduce herself a little bit and give you a little background on her. Uh, this episode, we're just going to be, like, talking about ourselves and why we decided to get into this. So I'm going to let Stevie introduce herself. So the stage is yours. Well, I am from Baltimore. Hence the two different accents going on here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sound like <laughs> I'm have to make sure that's known out there in the, in the Alabama. You're not from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, in case anybody's never been here. And I know a lot of my book friends, my author friends, are actually from around here, so they do know. Um, I started my book review Instagram in May of this year and have reviewed about hmm, over 100 and some books. Probably so about both, 150 books. So we're both kind of new to this. Both of us are. Yeah, because... Um, Miss MJ over there released her first debut novel last, in, well, July. In July. We're not talking about me right now. We're talking about you. I'll get to all of my many well, accomplishments. Getting there. We're getting there. We'll talk about how we met. <laughs> <laughs> Which I made her cry. <laughs> uh, I'm an emotional creature. But now I've, I, my love of books kind of sparked an interest of wanting to review books and get into the inside world of it and I kind of grew from there and I absolutely love it not much to me I will not tell you my age a lady never reveals her age um well uh I'm MJ or Monty J like whatever you want to call me which I guess it doesn't really matter because you're not really talking to me I'm talking to you um, I, I, like she said, I'm an author. I just published my first book, Love and Hockey, in July. And um, my second book is due to release the 24th of this month, which is super exciting. So I'm new to the indie publishing world. I didn't even realize that it was a thing until about a year ago 
So I think it's a great tool for people who want to be authors, for people who, you know, want to see if their writing, you know, can make them money. Um, I think I always wanted to be a writer. It's always been something that I've wanted to do. Writing's always been something I'm really passionate about. So it was just a matter of when and what I was going to write the book about. And Valor and Bishop just seemed to be the, what, what it was going to be about. They just kind of like came to me and I just ran with their story. And so far it's been really good. I've met some incredible people. I met Stevie through Love and Hockey. Shout out to her and her reviews and her liking my books. Like I said, I'm an emotional creature. So she made me cry when she said that she enjoyed it. Um, my entire review of her book <laughs> right right with posting it probably about what two weeks before you were before the book release <laughs> exactly and so I was emotional about it because you know it's something that you work really hard for and you know you finally get it out to the world and people are reading it and it's nerve-wracking because there are going to be people that don't like it but I guess hearing from people that, you know, they enjoyed the words that I wrote and the characters that I've developed was worth all the headache and the stress, I guess. So, And if I'm you glad. all love a good prologue that makes you cry, I'm not kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> MJ wasn't sure she was going to keep that prologue until now. <laughs> yes, um, I wasn't. read this book. <laughs> I wasn't in Love and Hockey. Uh Apparently, everybody really loved the prologue from what I've gained, gathered from reviews and stuff. Everybody loved the prologue. Um, I wasn't even sure I wanted to keep it. I, th- I thought I was going to take it out after arcs went out. I was like, I don't think people are going to get it. They're not going to like it, so I'm going to take it out. But everybody loved it, so I was like, well, guess I'm keeping that. Keeping that in there. And hell if you didn't either, because that was the, the most talked about it was it was a very talked about part of the book, so I was really, really glad I kept it. But yeah, so that's pretty much all there is about me and you know what I do. I'm also from the South, as you can tell from the accent. Um, and if you're from the South and you're listening to this, my accent is not nearly as bad as some people's. So consider yourself lucky. And I feel like we should add to that our friendship kind of blossomed for our love of hockey and that our dads raised us on hockey it became a um a huge talked about topic between the two of us and then all of a sudden we just exchanged numbers and it was listen best friendship ever even (laughs) though we support two very different hockey teams mind you uh, Capitals and Bruins. If anybody else is a hockey fan, they know the rivalry is there. Um, we're not going to talk about it. Look, um, Caps just hired a brand new coach, so I'm a little more optimistic. Um, the Bruins haven't done anything spectacular yet. I know that Bruce Cassidy, our head coach, just won the Jack Adams Award. Congratulations to Bruce Cassidy. So we're excited for the Bees. Um, uh, but yeah, my dad, my dad's not even a huge hockey fan. Actually, my dad just brought me up on sports in general. And if you've read Love and Hockey, there's a character and his name is JR. And literally, he's like a clone of my father. Um, so my dad is just a huge sport nut. Like he literally could look at you and tell you who won gold in the 1989 Summer Olympics, which is insane to me. So I so. I don't know. He just raised me on sports. Sports has always been like a really important part of my life. It's something that I know a lot about. And so uh, Stephen King has a quote that says, by the time that you're 18 years old, you should already know enough about life to write enough books for a creative lifetime. And so sports just felt like the, the thing to write about because I could write about sports all day, the every day. Quote. Huh? The right trope to go to. Yeah. You know, it was just what felt right. So that's what I went with. And Valor and Bishop were, like, along for the ride. They were like, wherever you want to take us. It was similar for me, too, with my dad in in sports. I mean, growing up in Baltimore, if you're from this area, you know, it's the Ravens, the Orioles, and the Caps. And y'all are diehard fans when you live here. Unless you're the, one of the few that like the Steelers that live around here. Um, 
Pittsburgh. Ew, no, why would you say <laughs> My dad is a Steelers fan. My dad, my father's a Steelers fan. I'm not yeah. a huge Meanwhile, I'm over here with a hardcore Ravens fan because I actually live in the city. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not even a football fan, so I can't, I can't speak much to that. But he, he raised me on all sports. I, I learned everything I knew from him. I learned all the numbers. I can recite stats. I can tell you who plays for what team, what number they wear. Yeah. It's but a lifestyle. It, it really is. And it, it, I, I don't know exactly who I got my love of books from out of my parents, but probably my mom, because my mom, my grandmother used to tell us this story about how my mom, she would go in her room at three o'clock in the morning. My mom would be under her blanket with her flashlight and a book. And then she'd have to drag her out of the bed the next morning with the jaws of life to get her to go to school. Your mom sounds like me. So, I mean, that's how I am. Once I start a book, I don't stop. So... Hence why Monty and I got along really, really well with the sports. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my love of books, like I say, my parents, neither of neither of my parents were big into readers. I mean, only book my dad ever reads, and this is like the story he tells everybody. Uh, the only book he ever read was King Arthur, Knights of the Round Table. And that's that's like his best party story ever about reading. So... What he talks about how his, you know, his daughter's, a, you know, an author. He's like, don't know where she got it from. And genuinely, we don't know where I got it from. Uh, I think it started out in, like, elementary school. And I, I love reading, like, thriller and, like, horror books. So, like, I started reading, like, R.L. Stein's Goosebumps series. And it just kind of took off from there. And I escalated to Stephen King and then... I kind of dabbled in the contemporary romance spot, and then, I don't know, I just blossomed into this. Contemporary romance is where it's at right now. I mean, that's the largest indie oh, yeah. people, author genre right now. People are, the, the things that people come up with, like, creativity-wise, never ceases to amaze me, especially in this indie world. And the indie world is just taking the book world by storm people don't know what to do with themselves they don't i mean you think about maybe what 10 years ago 12 years ago maybe with kindles and ipads pre pre kindle ipad world mm-hmm. you would have thought that hard copy books would have become obsolete yeah and they didn't even though a lot of people are st- obviously people are buying ebooks and it's a huge, huge market. But hard copy books are still sought after. Yeah, because of the the personal the fans. The fans that people have gathered and, you know, like the supporters that people have for the books that they've written. And, you know, like one thing I like to touch on when I'm, you know, asked about being an indie publisher. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you can publish anything on Amazon. And that's true. You can. If you wanted to write the word hot dog and slap a cover on it <laughs> and, you know, publish it on Amazon, you probably could. Maybe. I don't know about the guidelines. But you could. You could publish anything you wanted to on Amazon. However, this the indie book world is a really tough world to get into. There's a lot of things that you have to work at. And there's, you know... It's you have to really just like learn about injecting yourself into this world. You have to talk to authors, bookstagrammers, bloggers, PR companies. There are so much there's so much into it that you have to do to really make yourself a successful author in this world. And, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of it. I'm new to it. Um, I'm like a newbie. I'm like chilling on the outer circle at the moment. But, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of the community. I'm blessed that, you know, my books are doing well and people are enjoying them. So it's just, I think, you know, Kindle Direct Publishing, I think self-publishing is a great tool for people who really want to see if their writing can can make it. And this is the way to go if that's what you want to do. I agree. It's When you think about publishing companies, of course, we all know about Penguin Publishing and Scribner. Right, and places like that. But 
indie publishing has now tr- almost tripled what regular publishing companies would do before. Yeah. And, and I don't think that, and I think that people have this stigma that like, oh, if you go through a publishing company, your book is better, you know? And in some cases that may be true, you know? But in other cases, like it's not. Like I know, pl- I know New York Times bestsellers that have been straight indie pop. Penelope Douglas, Rachel Van Dyke, they are New York Times bestsellers. Natasha Madison too. Exactly, and they they didn't. They're indie publishers, and they're getting recognized from you know certain things like the New York Times that people recognize as being successful and they did that without a publishing company and that's it's something to look up to and it's something to admire and it's something to take into account that you know just because you did it without a publishing company doesn't mean that your book is any less quality than somebody who did a a number that i saw recently was um actually from june of 2019 and what was crazy is that the young adult nonfiction genre mm-hmm. grew nearly 40 percent in a year <sighs> people love it this con- we- this contemporary non like nonfiction young adult er- era is like insane and there's so many talented authors that could be named for even- these books like i can't even list all of them honestly there's just so many talented authors that you know I aspire to be like and you know that are putting out books that are just immaculate I mean there's really no other word for it even as a reviewer the re- as a reviewer when you're picking books to sign up for to do these reviews for it's so hard to turn down a lot of them because even yeah. though even though I hate to turn down books and I'm like, but my schedule just does not fit. <laughs> I can't fit it in because I can only read so many books in a month. Yeah. We learned that really quickly. <laughs> and but, I mean, I think that's something that not a lot of people know about is, I mean, you know, being a reviewer, you have to have a schedule because there are a lot of books that come out in a month, you know? Yep. I have a I'm couple. thankful I that I have made the cut. I'm thankful I've made the cut for Stevie <laughs> and that my book is on there for this month. She is. She's releasing her new one next Thursday. We're excited. It's party. Hello. We're excited. Book two in her Fury series, which I can't t- say that it's my favorite compared to Valor and Bishop, but Riggs and Nico are really close second right Listen. now. <laughs> they are just there. And I'm, I'm very proud to say that this playlist that you have created for that, I had attributed a song to that. Yes, she did. Um, I was really glad that I decided to do the playlist at the beginning of the book this time because, you know, I wanted people to catch the vibes that I was, you know, you know, feeling as I was reading and music, I mean, as I was writing. And music has a lot to do with that. And you're right, Valor and Bishop and Nico and Riggs are like They're dead even to me. They're oil and water, though, when it comes to their, the composition of their relationship. And I found it super interesting that I was able to, um, like, write Valor and Bishop and then go straight to Riggs and Nico because of how different their relationship was. But and I love them both. Not just that, though. Riggs and Nico are opposites attract all the way. Oh, absolutely, without a they doubt. They are, Riggs, like, when total Riggs hates opposite, him 90% of the are, time. They are legit opposite ends of the spectrum. Because if you meet them in book one, they hated each other. Yeah. I Nico, mean, poor when it's hard not to love. He's like this giant teddy bear. I just want to hug him. Oh, yeah. I, we Everybody loved Nico, which I was really glad about. I wanted him to be a really lovable character. And, like, I think the funny thing is, is these characters, it sounds like I have schizophrenia, but I really don't. But, like, these characters <laughs> like to communicate in my head. They really genuinely do talk to me to have their own voices. And Riggs was not having it. She did not want to be with Nico. Like, it was, like, not ha- She was not happy about it. And so... She did not. She was against it. Like, she hated to, it. <laughs> we had to convince. We had to convince her and show her all of the good qualities that you're going to read about if you read it, which you should. Um, Look, maybe one day we'll talk about my favorite scene from that book. <laughs> yes, we will get there. 
because she, <laughs> no spoilers. The minute I was reading it from the beta. Yes, we're going. I really texted her my thoughts on, on this particular scene, and it had it had me laughing for probably what three days. I was texting you about it. I know it was great, but yeah, I'm super excited for people to read it and to you know delve more into the Fury series world, and you know get a glimpse at some. Some new characters that a new character that I have uh, introduced into the Fury world, and I think that I will tell you it is a he. And I will tell you it is a he, and he is. I really think that he's going to be a favorite amongst people who read the Fury series because, oh boy, it's just he's a disaster. Okay, he's just a hot <laughs> mess waiting to happen. Okay. And for book three, which I've already started to write, and I'm taking my time on this one because, you know, you have the election coming up and it's not really a, people are busy with that kind of stuff. And so I'm waiting until after to publish book three. So I'm really taking my time with this couple for book three and they are fire, straight fire. But enough about me. We're going to talk about tropes. Stevie. I'm so excited about tropes. Tropes are my favorite thing. People don't know what a trope is okay tropes are like sub genres inside of a massive genre so contemporary romance is broken up into different tropes therefore we have secret babies we have sports romance we have military romance motorcycle club romance which i am a sucker for we have mob uh Best brother, best friend's brother, brother. Enemies to lovers, friends to lovers. The Love list goes on and on. Love triangle. Which I, we, we, will, we will get to this controversial of love triangles because I, I love me some love triangles. People cheating. might not like them. You even have cheating tropes. And that's the kind of stuff that we're going to delve into. We're going to talk about is the controversy of... And the perspective of, you know, like, when a, when a writer, when an author is like, you know, I want to do a cheating trope, which seems to be a very controversial trope in the indie book world. And Either people a, love it or they hate it. Exactly. And it's like, from a writer's perspective, what makes them want to do that? And I think it's honestly just a curiosity of, of what you can, like, what a relationship can go to, go through, I guess, to, you know, enable cheating. But we're not really. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into that too much. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna be here all night. If so, we'll be here all night, and we'll eventually get to that. That'll be an episode where we talk about it. But and what's really cool is you guys will get to meet some of our friends. Oh yeah, we will get to meet other authors that we've created. Oh yeah, and you know we're gonna we're gonna do some other people that are gonna come on like authors, and I'm sure Stevie's gonna have like other bookstagrammers that are gonna come on. And uh, we're super excited about it. Shout out to my fellow reviewers that um, posted about our surprise announcement with this podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of like out of the blue. We were just like, let's make a podcast and see how it goes. And shout out to my to some of the authors that also shared it because they were so excited about it. Cause, and let's be real. When we first came up with, well, when I first brought this idea to, to MJ about doing this, I did a lot of research to find out if there was any podcast done on contemporary romance and on the indie world, and I couldn't find any. So if you found any, please send them my way so I can listen to them. I'd love to listen. Yeah. To, to see other people's opinions on this world. But it became an idea and then kind of quickly evolved. Oh, yeah. And when I brought... It, the idea up to other authors, they got so excited because they want to share their stories and their writing process. And who knows, we might have people who want to drop some secrets of their own with their new upcoming stuff. Oh, yeah. Spoilers and secrets and all kinds of juicy bits that, you know, you might not get. And it's going to be from the perspective, these books... I think what makes it even more different, not even the fact that people haven't done a podcast like this, but what makes it even more different is the fact that you're going to see it from both a reader and an author's perspective. And one thing that I think that we're going to be, you know, talking about a lot too is like how a reader will receive certain things that a writer 
you know, didn't want them to receive that way or did want them to receive that way. It's a very difficult thing, like the communication between an author and a reader, because people take things certain ways. And the reality of it is, is not everybody's going to love your work. And, you know, that just happens. That's just how the cookie, the cookie crumbles. My little stutter right there. Uh, That's just how the cookie crumbles. And but the thing is, is about finding the people that enjoy how you write it and, you know, staying true to your characters and those kinds of things and hoping that they trust you as you take them on this bumpy road. And as a reviewer, I often tell authors, to me, there is no bad book. Authors put so much time into a book. You can not care for the topic of the book. You might not care for a particular plot. Mm -hmm. or characters inside that book but to me there are no bad books yeah it's just an opinion I agree I agree I agree with that because I can respect like if an author that I like publishes something that I'm not big into you know like a big trope that I'm into or you know like not something that I'm you know exactly fond about but I can respect the writing you know I can respect the time and the effort that was put into it. And I know a lot of people don't feel that way, and that's okay. You know, like a lot of people, they're paying their money to get these books from these authors that they've come to depend that have a certain writing style, and so when they switch it up, it could be a little a little jarring, and I get that, and I understand. But I, I like to say that I like to respect writing in general and appreciate the time and effort it takes to develop characters and come up with good plots and interesting turns and those kinds of things. I agree. And we'll eventually dive into what it takes to become a reviewer too and what you need to do and what you're expected to do when you're reviewing a book. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't just sign up just to read the book. You have to sign up for cover reveals. You sign up for teasers. You sign up for the um, release Day blitz, you do um, release boost, which usually happens a week later mm-hmm. to kind of boost back up the release. You you volunteer, like you sign up for pre-order blitz. Um, a lot goes into this, and I don't think fans that follow our bloggers and reviewers on Instagram and their websites and such, they don't necessarily know what we do what we go through on a daily basis to get to where we are. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot out of you. You have to invest a lot of time. MJ knows I'm constantly reading a new book. I mean, almost multiple daily. It's insane. It's insane to me because, I mean, I, I like to consider myself an avid reader. I feel like every writer likes to consider themselves an avid reader. But when I'm in my, when I'm, when I fall into the rabbit hole of writing, and I'm, you know, trying to write a new book, I like to not read. And that's just mostly because I have a mind like a squirrel, okay? And so, like I was telling Stevie, I will be writing my Fury series, which is a hockey romance, you know, series or whatever. And I'll read like a mafia romance, and my brain will be like, yeah, we're going to incorporate a mafia man into this hockey romance, and we're going to make it work. And it's just not realistic, and it's not going to work out. And so that's just how my brain works. So I prefer to not read while I'm writing. So, and I understand. That makes that that makes a lot of sense, actually. And so when I'm done, when I'm done, and I take my breaks, and you know, depending on however long the break is that I take, or whatever, if I take like a month or whatnot, or a few weeks before I start writing again, that's when I kind of like I'm like Stevie, yo, like I this is what I want to read. Let me know, like, give me, this is the trope I want. And she's like, I got you. And, like, sends a list the we size of that This past month when she took her big break from between um, finishing up Ice Hearts <laughs> yeah. and starting the third book, she said, I need a rock star romance. Give me all the names of the rock star romance. So of course my mind yes. starts, my mind starts going and I'm like, hmm, who can I recommend? And I told um Miss Lisa Suzanne that I had recommended her to you, which she thought was really neat that I did that. And I was like, I didn't just recommend one particular book from her 
MFB series. So if you're familiar with her, you're yeah. familiar with the M- with my favorite band guys. Yeah. Um, that you can't just read one of those books. You have to read about that entire group because they are such an amazing group. So when you ask me for recommendations, of course, I have tons because I am a reviewer. I do read books daily. There's and there's so many tropes. <laughs> and that's just who that's my go to for like when I need books to read. And I did want Rockstar Romances because it was different from what I am writing. And that way, my my squirrel of a brain doesn't go off on a tangent because I've already got my next series completely planned out. And so I have to stay on track and continue to be on the straight and narrow. If not, I'll mess around and start a new series without telling anybody. That's true. I would do that probably too if I was a writer. Technically I am, but we'll not we're not gonna discuss that project. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, it's a that project has given me a run for my money. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a difficult thing becoming an author, you know, like and it's something that I feel like that I'm super proud of for myself, you know. But it's a difficult thing, you know, like there's it, it's a lot more to it than just writing words down and 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 sending it to Amazon, you know, like it has to go yep. through a process. And I figured that out the hard way. I was like a lone wolf in the woods. And I was scared, and I didn't know what I was doing. You have to do... One thing that I don't think people realize is a big deal is a cover. Like, you gotta have oh, a good cover. Oh, we discussed that one endlessly. Because my little writing project, I was lucky because I had MJ. <laughs> and she she was my only beta reader, let's be real. <laughs> so she's read every chapter that I have written so far. So. Yeah. And she also helped me pick out the name and the cover. <laughs> exactly. Covers are a big deal because every day I feel like I see like a new cover that is just like blows my fire, mind. Man. Blows my mind, you know? And so you always have to be ready for that. So you have to have a good cover. You have to have a good editor. And not to mention, you can't even just have one editor. You got to have a good proofreader, if not two proofreaders. And PR is another thing. And there's just a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of money that goes into it. And then even after you do all that, when you, you think you're done, and you think you, you know, Not got quite. to the end of it, you get to this point where, you know, your book's about to come out, and you have to do release party pop-ins, you have to do giveaways, you have to keep up with all of these things. It's a very stressful time. But I'd say that, I'd say that the, the... I'd say that it was worth it. For me, anyways, it's worth it at the end of it. After you get done with it and people, you know, read your book and they're like, oh, you know, I really liked it. Or this was such a good book. And, you know, and like I said, Love and Hockey's doing great. I'm hoping Ice Hearts is going to do the same. We're crossing our fingers on that one. I personally love, like we said, cover reels can be fire. Like, I'm going to shout out right now because... Megan Quinn, I don't know if anybody is familiar with her covers of her books, but, I mean, they are ridiculous. I love a good shirtless man on the cover. And her last one, man, he was was tatted and pierced, and oh, it gave me the chills. I want to know who does her covers. I know. I, I love a good, I love a good shirtless man on the cover. I love a good cover in general because to me covers speak volumes. Yeah, and I feel like they kind of like grab you and that's the whole point. You know, you want like a cover that people look at and they're like, "Yep, that's the book I want." And I think that it I think you're right. It it speaks to somebody and it's like, "Ooh, what's this about?" It makes you want to dive into what is the book about and a lot of the times a cover can kind of give you an inside of what the trope is is headed for oh absolutely especially if it's a sports one because nine times out of ten it's in a sports one it's on the front yeah and same with rockstar romance ones those are usually in the front too oh um melanie this is a shout out for a cover melanie moreland uh she's releasing 
I think she released on the 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Or she's going to release on October the 12th. There we go. Uh, it's Heartstrings. That cover Ooh, is hello, gorgeous. Man. He, it's gorgeous. It's Look so pretty. Him. Oh, yeah. We love it. We love a good shirtless man on the cover. I love a good man with some tattoos, and he's got a neck tattoo that gets all the way up. Oh, yeah. We love it. We love a good I'm tattoo. Like, hello. But yeah, so basically, we're just gonna, for this episode, we're just, like, talking about ourselves and, like, introducing ourselves, but uh, in the next episodes, we're gonna be talking about certain tropes and some authors that are kings and queens of those tropes. Yeah, because there's a lot of them. I mean, we get into, once we dive into tropes, there's, there are people who have written some of the best books in that trope. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That have absolutely landed them at one new york times bestsellers list so we will dive into that and that's gonna be a fun topic to talk about because once we get into like mafia we'll talk about some really good mafia ones oh yeah monica robinson and rachel van dyke are like who are also coming out with a dual written book uh called uh, i think it's mafia casanova about a character named Romeo, so I'm excited to see that because those two are like a, a, a force to be reckoned with when it comes to mafia. So I'm excited thing, to see what it's about. The other thing I really like about authors are that author teams. Oh yeah, like um, Kennedy Fox mm-hmm. and Claire Ray and people like that who are actually two people and who who some people don't realize that there are actually two of them. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really cool when you can when you find somebody that you vibe with that much and can write a book like that. Yeah, you get it, girl. I'm excited to see Monica and Rachel write this book because even though I feel like they have such a, I feel like they have a similar writing style. They also have a very different writing style at the same time. You know, so I'm excited to see how they're gonna like clash those. You know, I think it's gonna be epic. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, pre-order that bad boy. It's gonna I, be good. I love that people get to do what, like, duo up on a on co-write. Um, another favorite of mine that's done that before is um Kaylee Ryan and Lacey Black. Yeah, those two have done have did their um Bear Lakes, I believe that's what it is. Their mm-hmm. Fair Lake series is phenomenal, and they co-wrote both all three books together, which I can't which imagine what it's like to co-write. Oh, yeah. I am a control freak. I don't think that... I don't know. I don't know. How do you do it? Do you do, like, one person writes one chapter, the other person writes the other chapter? I don't know. One person gets on here. We might have to get, like, Claire Ryer, Kennedy Fox, or somebody on here to tell us what they do. Oh, yeah, because, listen, I'm a control freak. I could never, not at this time, because... Gosh, I just have like such control over my characters. You do it. I could give you ideas, and you can. <laughs> Shoot, I just have such control over my characters, and I have a certain flow and a way that I write, and a certain cadence with my. I have, I have a very. There was a review that I read for Love and Hockey that I had saw. Uh, somebody had screenshotted it and sent it to me, uh, because I like to try and stay off of Goodreads and Amazon. I don't like to. I try, I try, <laughs> yeah, I try not to look at them because I think that reviews are for for readers, you know, they're not for authors, you know, and I try to stay off of it. I try not to look at them because some of them can be bad, you know, and that's okay. I know that they're going to come and that's fine, but um, I try to stay away from them. But somebody had screenshotted this one and it was a positive one and somebody said that I wrote in a very poetic way. And I, I took that as a compliment, but I'm also going to coin that for myself. I do think I write in a very, like, poetic, like, way and, like, cadence and, like, dialect kind of thing. So I have a certain way that I like to write. And if an author is co-writing with me and they don't write like that, we're going to have a flow problem. So, I can agree with that. I just, I don't know. I mean, I think it's impressive. I could never, I, as of right now, I would love to try one day. But as of right now, I just don't think I could. Well, and when you're ready, we're going to do it. Oh, God. Yeah. What can See we come up with? We should talk this out. What kind of book could we write? Because <laughs> you and I have a very similar personalities, and I think that's why we get along so well. 
you want to do like a second chance baby thing, which is not really. Stevie wants me to write I, second chance I am baby. Open to other ideas. And that's I. I don't know. I, I. I. Nothing has like really like hit me with inspiration where I'm like, second chance baby. That's what I'm writing. Well, if we're honest, that's what my trope is for my project. <laughs> I, that's yours. I just nothing. Well, is technically, that yet. technically, if we if we de- dig deeper, she doesn't know who the father is. So, that's a good point. So, is it a second chance trope? <laughs> it definitely is a second chance trope. Yeah. So, because she is going home and yeah. So a person she hadn't seen in, in many years. Exactly. So it's definitely second chance, but is it a second chance baby trope? I guess we'll find out when the DNA test comes back. Exactly. So yeah. So we're super excited to be talking about that kind of stuff, and I'm excited to be the author perspective. You know, be a be one of the author perspectives. You know, because you know. Hopefully, we'll have guests, special guests and stuff like that that come on here. Uh, other we're working authors. on it. There's a cu- quite a few that volunteered right away that wanted to come on. I think Yeah, this and has sparked so, some really piqued interest in, in what we're doing. Yeah, and I'm really excited about it. So, uh, we're, I'm not sure what trope we're going to do next. That's a surprise. But uh, if you follow us on Instagram or any of, you know, the social media platforms, whatever, feel free to, like, comment, like, certain tropes that you like or, you know, controversial topics that, you know, you think happens in the indie book world with certain tropes and that kind of thing. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can talk about it and give our opinions on it from both a reviewer and a, and a blogger, which is And if super- you have questions for authors, send them to us. We'll, we'll get them. Oh, another thing that I want to say. If you're a... Even though I am new to the game, I have my foot in the water. So if um, she's got her toes wet, <laughs> I've got my toes wet. So if you um, if you're a new author or you're an author who wants to be published and doesn't know what to do or like how to go about it, feel free to like DM me on Instagram. Um, I may take forever to see it because let me tell you, I'm really bad with my social media. I may take forever to see it, but DM me on Instagram and I'll. You know, answer whatever questions that you have because I'm not going to gatekeep the indie book world. And so I want to help as many people as I can try and, you know, get their words out there to the world. So everybody deserves that kind of chance. So if you have any questions or anything like that for me, and I'm sure Stevie feels the same way if you want to get into bookstagramming to DM her. Message, yep, message me. I will be happy to help you start. And- it is easy to start. It is hard to keep up. Yeah. And that, that's the same thing. Same thing over here. It's easy to start, hard to continue. And so if you have any questions or anything like that, feel free to DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and now I think we're going to do a little bit of a, the shout-outs for New Week, the releases coming up. And then I think then we're going to wrap it up. Which I have those for next week. Let's talk about what's coming out. I'm so excited. Listen, she's probably a lot more. Like I told her earlier, I'm the co-host. I'm here to make her look good. I'm here to give. <laughs> I'm here to give opinions. She's gonna know a lot more about this stuff than I am. Mostly just because when I'm writing, I'm in a hole, and nobody tells me anything when I'm in the hole. And I'm the reviewer, so of course my job is to know all this. Exactly. She's giving me new information that I didn't even know about every 20 seconds. And let's be real. She makes she laughs at me all the time because I have a color-coded system. And the organization is all the time of it. The organization is, is insane. I tried, I tried my best, guys. I tried my best. I will be happy to give you pointers, share my secrets of color-coding thing. <laughs> um, let's see. First up next week... Monday, the 21st, Laura Pavlov is releasing book two called Beautifully Flawed, which is book two in her new series, or her, well, recent series. Believe the first book was called uh, Beautifully Imperfect or something similar to that, which I can tell you what it is. I haven't read it. Like I said, I'm in a hole right now, so I haven't read any new books at all. I take that back. I, that's a lie. That's a lie. 
I did read a new book. Um, if you guys haven't already read it, uh, My Darling Arrow by Saffron Kent is really great. So go read that. But I think that's the only newish book that I have read. And book one in uh, follow that beautiful, beautifully flawed has followed is beautifully damaged, which I just finished book one, and I'm going to start good? book two. Book two tonight. Book one was awesome. I really like. I really love Laura Pavlov's in general. I read her um, Montgomery Brothers series, which just came out. Book one just came out uh, in July, I believe. Yeah. So. I'm really looking forward to book two, which comes out next month, which is called Peacekeeper. So that should be really exciting. Sounds like a cool title. I like it. I like it, too. And it's three brothers. We love it. Is it a reverse harem? No. Single books. It's single books. Um, It's basically each of them finding their happily ever after. Some are second chance. Some is uh, enemies to lovers. I don't know what the third one will be. I only just saw the the um, release stuff for the second one recently. So. Oh, well, cool. So on Tuesday, if anybody is a fan of Charity Farrell, she's releasing Shaken, book two in her Twisted Fox series, which book one, which was Stirred, was one of my favorite books that she's done besides her um, Just One Night series. What was the um, ironically, this could be considered two di- multiple different tropes in this one. Um, Jamie and Cohen are the lead characters. They are, it's kind of second chance. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but Cohen dated Jamie's older sister. Oh, we love to see it. We so, love the drama. I'm going to leave it at that because there's a lot more tied into that so yeah i will tell you later what what the <laughs> the funny part that will make you want to read this book okay um so shaken comes out which is cohen's sister georgia and asher's book which Ooh, is exciting we love a good we love a nice i love that name me too i like it too i like the name georgia too i like that i haven't seen it a lot in books so oh i haven't either i like it too um, Catherine Cowles is releasing Perfect Wreckage, which is book two in her news in that series, which I have not read book one. I'm getting ready to start that one this weekend too. Um, Skylar Hunter is releasing Get Over You with a, a second chance novel. Second chance in September is hot right now with football. See, I'm not a big football fan. Yeah, like, I mean football. Uh, I can get behind a second I mean, chance okay. with a football player. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I like to look at football players, but football itself, I don't know. I can't can't get uh, into it. Let's see. Wednesday, Mariko Ray is releasing Unfriend Me. I just read this book, and I let me just tell you, I was not expecting this snarky, sarcastic girl who is a living on the edge type of girl. Oh, we love she it. Gave, she gave me a run for my money, and it was hilarious because normally the guy is the one that's like, crazy and the girl's got to stop him no yeah. this is why roles reversed and this girl was like she was hell on wheels at and, nico and riggs and i loved it like it was and it's a i believe it is a full series too uh-huh. it is it can be read as a standalone which is what i did but i believe that the other characters have their own books too i also love a strong female character Oh, this girl is give so me, Give me the snarky, sassy. Give me all of that for female characters. Because I think, and don't get me wrong, like, don't, I love to read a good damsel in distress saved by bad boy Alpha. I love an Alpha boyfriend. However, I, I think it's refreshing to read books about females that are just like, they don't take any shit, man. They will, if a boy comes up to them and does some shady shit, they're not afraid to call him out on it. And I well, that's what this one was. And what, and I'm gonna give a major shout out to Marika Ray right now for giving this this alpha man. Like he wasn't even an alpha, but he was pretty much an alpha. Yeah. It it was like it was like two alphas coming together, which is really neat because you normally don't see that. Yeah. Um, he had a mullet. He was described as having a mullet. 
and I'm party saying, like, in what the like? back, business in the front. That is exactly what I kept saying. I'm like, are we talking like Billy Ray Cyrus mullet, or are we talking is it something else? Is it permed? It's got to be permed. It did not say that it was permed. Damn. It, when I saw the words mullet on the page, I'm like, what? Where are we going with this? Automatically, my mind went to, don't break my heart. My achy Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus, like, ab- automatically. That's exactly what my brain went to. Um, what else comes Wednesday? Emily Bowie is releasing Crashing Hearts, which is a workplace romance. Ooh, I bet her playing. Her boss. Yes, girl, oh, yes. Love I love a good um, boss. Um, I love me a CEO. I like CEO billionaires. Oh, those are good, too. Buy me an island, please. But it's funny because it, it seems like the billionaire ones we read, they don't normally do buy lavishly. They're yeah. like, oh, we can buy you a house, but like they're not like, yeah, take you to the Virgin Islands tomorrow. Which, Listen, if you got all that money, we're going to spend it. <laughs> like, But I like that in books that it doesn't, they don't do that. It's like a real. Yeah, it doesn't make it materialistic. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, I just think, like, the billionaire thing just comes as a way to make things, like, easier to pass by. Like, if he, like, drives a Lamborghini, he's a billionaire, so it makes sense, you know? He can't exactly be an accountant driving a Maserati and owning his own plane, you know? Unless he's in a mafia. So, that's good. That's nice. I like that idea. I mean, if you want to get into that mafia, we'll call Michelle V about skinny love and the hidden jobs that were inside that book oh yeah <laughs> um wednesday wednesday krista sandor is recently um releasing the third book in her own the eight series which is own the eight maybe baby is this baby so, tropes so this the first book was um why am i not how to be an eight and get a 10 how am i not why not why am i not punny like that's so smart I suck. So she released Own the Eights, which was book one. Um, book two was Own the Eights Gets Married. And book three is Own the Eights, Own the Eights Maybe Baby. So it is the same couple from book one and two mm-hmm. who are moving to parenthood. Oh, that's cute. So, it, it, so not necessarily a secret baby, but we're aware of the child, but it's a baby. We, and we know who its father is. Hopefully. I would hope so. Um, Thursday, Misty Walker is releasing Cop Out, which is part of the Everyday Heroes Project, which is Kay Brumberg's Driven World. Ooh. Which, this Driven Project, if you guys have not read any of these Everyday Heroes books, they are phenomenal. The authors who have been chosen or that reached out to do them. All of them, everyone I've read has been really good, which I think is really cool. She does not help with the book. She might give them guidance on which, like, locations to use mm-hmm. for the book because it's written inside her world. And there are a lot of connections to some of her characters from her Driven series. So it's really neat. It, this project turned out to be a really cool project. That's so cool. And I think there's over... I want to say almost 30 books that are being released for this year for this whole project so far. That's insane. That's that's super neat. I would love to do so. I would love to do something like that. That's super cool. Um, also on Thursday, um, Christy Lee is releasing Foster, which is I loved the cover of that book. Oh my god, the cover for Foster was so good. I loved the cover of that. Shout that out to her cover a, designer. Um, it is a second chance best friend's little brother. Oh, we love a baby brother. So, Shout out. Right? I was like, wait a second. Are we talking baby brother? There's an age gap here. And when I first saw the title and it was Foster or whatever, my mind automatically went to adoptive stepbrother. That is, like, automatically what my... Because, like, foster brother, that's what my brain went to. And I was like, ooh, what a taboo trope. Um, what else? What else? Um, Emma Nicole is releasing Branded, which is also a part of the Everyday's Hero Project. Cool. 
cool. So two books from that. Um, Jay Salmon is releasing Crazy to Love You, which is book three or four in that series. Um, shout out to her. I got my arc, and it was a physical copy that was signed. So that was pretty cool. So shout out to her for doing that for me because that was really sweet. We love a good, uh, we love sweet authors. I, we, I swear, I've met some of the nicest ones. Um, Prescott Lane is releasing Writer, which I love just, the cover of that book. I just finished this book, and let me just tell you, she had me sitting in my bed at two thirty in the morning crying, and I was sure to tell her that. I want to be the guitar in that cover. I, right? <laughs> I love that cover. It's a good cover. I'm all about me some Ryder, man. Ooh, he was a, his brother was even cute. The cover for, for his brother's book was good. Which what was, was that? Knox, right? Yeah. yeah. The Merrick Brothers. Mm. Yeah. I love that one because Knox was the, the female heroine for Knox was a girl named May who ran a radio show called Mother, she was Mother Superior. Mm-hmm. And she, the stuff that people would call into this radio show are so funny. So, shout out to Prescott Lane for being able to come up with all that stuff. Because that was really good. I uh, have those added to my TBR for when I get done writing book three. I'm definitely going to read those. Speaking of book two. <laughs> your book Thursday. We're excited. Ice Hearts will be out on Thursday. Party, party. September 24th. It's available for pre-order right now. It'll be available on Kindle Unlimited as well. So if you're a part of the Kindle Unlimited program, you'll get it for free. Um, it'll be so available worth on- it, guys. So worth it. If you do not have Kindle Unlimited, then you're severely missing out. Yeah, I would say. I would agree with that. And then uh, it's available on paperback and for ebook, obviously. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited about it. Nico and Riggs were... I think I have six books planned for this series. Uh, I'm not telling you all the titles. It's still secrets. Um, I have six books planned for this entire series. Five full-length novels. Did you hear me say five? I sounded so hick right there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyways, I have have uh, five novels, full-length novels, and then the sixth one will be a novelia before I start my next series. But um, I think out of the whole series, Nico and Riggs were the most difficult couple to write because Riggs is difficult. Like, that's the best word I can use. He is. I, when I say they are opposites, man, they are opposites. Yeah, so I guess the trope for them would be, I wouldn't necessarily call them enemies to lovers. I would more or less call them opposites attract. That's definitely what I would name their trope. Um because Nico is like sunshine. Like, okay, if imagine a golden retriever as a human, and that's Nico. <laughs> and then imagine a Rottweiler as a human, female, and that's Riggs. I'm going to also toss out that we talked about how good the prologue was for Love and Hockey, but the prologue for Ice Hearts. Yeah, I love, I love the prologue. Oh, got me right in the heart, man. Uh, this isn't really a secret, but I feel like this is something that could help out readers who read my, my future novels after Ice Hearts. Like, this whole series, actually. Uh, every single book, the prologue will be in a third party's perspective. Like, in Love and Hockey, it's in Valor's mom's point of view. And then in Ice Hearts, it's in a certain character's point of view that you know, you'll meet, and then so forth and so on. So it'll be in a third-party perspective POV for every single prologue in the Fury series. Um, so far has worked out because... Oh, yeah. It's going well so far. Okay, I love it. Good, man. Woo. But, yeah, so uh, I'm super excited. I'm hoping that everybody loves... I hope everybody falls in love with Nico and Riggs the way I fell in love with it. I fell in love with him. Because at first, when I started writing them, I was like, I hate both of you. I don't want to write this book. Neither of you are nice. You're stressing me out. And then, I don't know, like, slowly, I just kind of, I don't know, like, slowly, I just fell in love with them. I really developed a super deep love for both of these characters. Because Riggs has been through a lot. She deals with a lot of stuff. It also deals with a lot of triggers. So, if you're prone to... out there. Yeah, if you're prone to triggers and stuff like that, it, also, it deals with a lot of really heavy topics. So... 
I don't want anybody to go in there blind or anything like that. But uh, Riggs is a really strong character. She's been through a lot. And Nico is a very, he's very Golden Retriever-like. And he's a bear. He is, and he goes, and he goes through a lot through this book as well. And it's really refreshing to like see them come together. So, I'm hoping that you guys really enjoy it. And then once that's done, you prepare yourself. Oh, book three, man! I, I've I, I've already read the first couple of chapters, and I'm like already on the edge of my seat. I'm in love. I think book three's male lead will be my favorite out of this whole series. See, I, it's a tough call. Like I said, they're all kind of lining up with me because I love them all so much. I mean, I love Bishop. I love reasons. B. I love B because, you know, he's my first he's my first male character. And I love him to death. I love him. He always and I, chills. And I, and, I love, and I love Nico because Nico is like the good guy. And, you know, he's like the shoulder to cry on. And I love that. But this dude. There's one particular scene with Bishop that always gives me, like, hardcore chills, and it's the, um, without saying too much, the shower scene. <gasps> oh! Talking about. My absolute heart. <laughs> I, I don't think what people realize is, is when I write these chapters, because I am emotionally invested and connected to these characters, like, I put a lot of what has went on in my life in these books, you know? So when I write something really emotional like the shower scene that she's talking about I get emotional and I cry I am an emotional creature and it took me like forever there's a very powerful moment very sad moment in love and hockey uh if you haven't read it you don't know it if you have read it I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking Trigger about for that one as well because there is a, that one does <laughs> deal with a sensitive yeah sensitive area tr- of something that yeah you learn more of in book two. Yeah, and so I, you know, that was, like, there's a very powerful, very sad moment that I wrote, and I I had to take intervals, like, I had to take breaks, because it's so, like, you have to really get into the mentality of somebody going through that, and it really, it sucks, like, it's very tiring, like, physically and mentally wears on you, so, but, and that's, that's what, I think that's why, I needed such a long break after Ice Hearts because Riggs's being in Riggs's mind, creating that character and being in that headspace is so mentally draining. Like I love her and I love her character, but like God, I put that girl through a lot. <sighs> and so being in her mind is really tiring. And I'm really glad that she got she she's with Nico. So we're excited to see how that goes. But uh yeah, so September twenty fourth. Pre-orders out now. And then we have one final book that releases on Friday, which I'm really excited about this one, too. Anybody who loves a good one-night stand with their best friend. Oh, we love uh, it. T. Gephardt is releasing Not Just Friends. Which, let's talk this cover love, for a minute. This I cover. A friends to lovers. Sucker for that trope. We're going to talk about this cover for a moment because I am obsessed with this cover. I not because there's no there's no sexy metal in it. I hate to break it to everybody about that one. But there is a fire hydrant. A fire hydrant. Stevie, there's a fire hydrant. What yeah, is a fire hydrant? It's a fire hydrant and a martini glass. In the, with the New York skyline. I love covers like that. It's a, like, it's like, I don't want to say cartoon because it's not cartoon, but it's like... Mm. It's not real based either. A graphic, uh, like a uh, like a graphic design almost. Which so I'm really excited about this, but I will read a teaser about this one because this one I'm so excited to read, and I might have to read it next just because. Yeah. Um, kissing you is probably a bad idea. The worst. I groan, not stopping her as she pressed a little harder. So we're gonna get it a little. Woo! We love a friends like, to lovers. A we nice love a friends to lovers. Steamy. One night stand with a best friend. I love it. We so love shout it. out to T. Gephardt for that one because I'm really excited to read that book. But uh, yeah, I think that wraps everything up for new releases. And that's about everything that we wanted to talk about in the first episode about introducing ourselves and stuff like that. Um, we're going to do episodes every other Friday. Yes. So feel free the week prior to us, you know, releasing an episode uh, to DM us with 
you know, any ideas, questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. Uh, Call us if you're listening. If you want to come on the show, just let us know. Yeah, and we'll put we'll you on. You, we'll get you scheduled and figured it all out. Yeah, because we're excited. It's a specific trope that you write, that you write well, and you like, let us know, and we'll do the whole show about that trope. And, you know, you'll be on here. And so, yeah, so we're super excited to get it started. And, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed listening to me and Stevie talk. Right? Happy, happy reading, guys. And we'll see you guys in a week. Yeah, see you guys in a week. Uh, stay safe. Be careful out there, all you cool cats and kittens. If anybody's watching Dancing with the Stars with Carol Baskin. <laughs> now we have this Carol Baskin. Killed him? Oh my god, no, not TikTok. <laughs> Look, we just spent almost an hour and a half talking about TikTok prior to filming this. So. <laughs> I know. All right. Okay. Okay, I'm stopping the recording. Stop recording.